Shallowy driving it toward the back post for Zussi, who puts it back across, and Shelton slots it home! Zussi can have a hit from here, he does, and Graham Zussi re-elect! Graham Zussi! Shallowy knocks it in! The Hungarian assassin has given Sporting KC the lead! It's Russell! This is the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hello and welcome into a victory playoff edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show alongside Nate Bucati. I'm Allie Trost Martin. What a night! Sporting Kansas City on Wednesday defeated the San Jose Earthquakes in a penalty shootout in the wild card play-in game of the postseason and are now through to round one and will play in a best of three series against St. Louis City. They'll start on the road, come back home for game two at Children's Mercy Park, and then if a game three is needed to decide the winner that will advance to the semis, that will take place in St. Louis. But, Nate, you were at the game as a fan on Wednesday night. I was on the call with John Kempen. 0-0, the final score after regulation. But when it comes to penalty shootout situations, Sporting Kansas City goes in with so much confidence because they've got the guy that no kicker in Major League Soccer wants to to go up against, and that is Tim Melia. And that anyone taking a penalty knows that he is one of, if not the best penalty stoppers. He is the best in Major League Soccer, and uh, he showed up big again to, uh, on Wednesday night. Death taxes and Tim Melia <laughs> and penalties. You got a lot of likes on that when tweet, I, yeah, by the way. Yeah, well, the, the <laughs> old line was death taxes and the Germans and penalties, I think is what they used to say. But Tim Melia is now 7-0 and professionally in penalty shootouts, and uh, we've seen and a lot of And 5-0 with Sporting, yeah, correct? Yeah, yeah 5-0 and with Sporting Kansas City. Um, he has been incredible, and the thing that blows my mind, and we're going to get into it as the show goes on, but... His ability to quote-unquote guess the right way, and I don't like to even use the word guess. I, a lot of times, obviously, goalkeepers are guessing. His is such it's an educated, very educated guess. Yeah. Man, he is able to read guys, and I know he gives a lot of credit to Alec Dufty, the, the goalkeeper's coach, who does a great job. I'm not taking anything away from him. These other goalkeepers have resources, too. They know what, what directions guys are more likely to kick to and all that. Tim Melia can read people when they are walking up to take that penalty, or or when they're when they're actually taking the penalty. It's something that's just absolutely phenomenal. Um, it's such a, a great thing to have when you get into a format like this, Whew. where you're into penalties. The game itself wasn't great. Um, Sporting had the better of the chances. I will admit that I was you know I was there as a, as a fan with my uh, with my son in the stands. We had a great time. But some of the guys I was sitting with, we were talking like, man, this has kind of a familiar feel to it. This this has smash and grab. Some of the guys I was texting with, this has a smash and grab written on it. If Sporting don't get that goal, I kept saying that in the first half to my son, they, they got to score with one of these opportunities. They got to <sighs> And they had the a net. lot of them. They did. And then that opening one in the second half to Polito, that was maybe the best chance I felt like of the game. Johnny Russell hits the post. They, they, there were... I question the XG. I felt like there should have been a higher XG for sporting at, by the end of that game, but it wasn't a great game. It wasn't one where they were just overwhelming uh, San Jose. It was a cagey and game. San Jose looked to be playing for the draw. They yeah. started time-wasting early in the match, yep. 20th minute, just total luchi ball that we've seen yeah. in, in the past with, with FC Dallas games that he's coached as well. But you got to think, for teams going up against sporting Kansas City, do you really want to take it all the way? To penalty. to penalty shootout? Right. Yeah, and and 
the answer is obviously no. <laughs> but penalties are, are phenomenal. One guy sitting next to me said, I hate this. This is the stupidest way to sort out a game. The guy on the other side of me was like, there's nothing better than penalties. It's the most <laughs> exciting drama in the world. And we got Tim Melia. And I was like, yeah, that last part is is the part to hold on to. Tim Melia is in Sporting Kansas City's goal. I want to relive it here, Allie. So I, I clipped up the highlights. You and John Kempen on the call of the penalty shootout. I thought you guys did a great job of laying out you know, the, the terms of it in terms of the history behind Tim Melia. And here we go, Sporting Kansas City into penalties. And there is the final whistle. This thing is going to a penalty shootout between Sporting Kansas City and the San Jose Earthquakes. Scoreless at the end of regulation for both of these teams. And now the winner decided by PKs. But here comes Johnny Russell stepping up to the spot. Johnny Russell buries it. And the fans are going wild. Johnny Russell getting chirpy with Daniel, the keeper. Well, first up for San Jose, Christian Espinoza, their leading goal scorer from the regular season. He has converted all four of his penalties taken in MLS this season. But Melia did save his penalty in that 2020 playoff shootout. So Tim Melia might be the guy Is to stop say? him. And this environment is deafening right now as Espinoza steps up. Espinoza saved by Tim Melia again. Wow. 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 He does it again. Another great save by Tim Melia. Against Daniel Polito with a stutter step, and it's stopped by Daniel. He tried to just... Fake him out, and Polito misses his penalty. Shocking. Can Melia do it again to help make this a bit more comfortable for SKC? And Yule goes over the bar. Nothing needed from Tim Melia. Jackson Yule absolutely skies it, and Alan Polito's got to be feeling a lot better now. Yeah. You know Tim Melia's uh, living rent-free in his head there. Gotti Kinda steps up, buries it. That one to the left corner. Gotti Kinda doing what he needs to do to keep it rolling for Sporting Kansas City. Up three penalties to just one made by San Jose. Next up for Sporting Kansas City, Daniel Shallowy will step up to the spot. Shallowy's taken two MLS penalties in his career. Both of them were saved. Most recent on July 31st, 2022, in a 2-0 loss to Austin. Can he get on the right side of it here tonight? Shallowy buries it. Top of the net. And just like that, Sporting Kansas City are through to the next round of the MLS Cup playoffs. Wow. Third this place is rocking. Daniel Shallowy with the decisive penalty to send Sporting through. And guess who's waiting for him on the other side? St. Louis City. The one seed in the West. But it doesn't matter. They wouldn't have it any other way. Sporting Kansas City are starting to write an incredible postseason story. Ten years.
years after they last lifted an MLS Cup. I've got chills. I don't know about you. I do, yeah. Wow, what a game. Amazing stuff there, Allie. Uh, Describing PKs, I thought you also did a great job of pointing out the history that Sporting Kansas City has had with Tim and against San Jose. Mm -hmm. And that was Tim's first penalty shootout that he's played in since that 2020 playoff game. Because if you remember the last two penalty shootouts that Sporting has participated in, League's Cup of this year against FC Cincinnati, John Mm -hmm. Polskamp was in goal. Tim Melia didn't make his return until after League's Cup against San Jose, funny enough, in the regular season. And then the second one was on the road against Sacramento Republic in the U.S. Open Cup semifinal last year. We were at that game. John Mm -hmm. Polskamp also in goal for that one as well. So Tim Melia, no rust as none of us would have thought he would have had going into this situation. I will be honest, I got home still with the biggest smile on my face last night. I just think, you know, when we look at this team and how just up and down the season has been, it's so rewarding to see the team overcome now these hurdles in the postseason when it now matters the most. And we've been a part of of a lot of great postseason calls, you way more than myself with the Sporting Kansas City team. And what I think really impresses me about this group this time around is that this is a truly battle-tested group. Like They have actually overcome a lot of adversity. And not to say that you need to overcome a lot to make a run in the playoffs. That That's not a prerequisite for success. But for this group, I think it helps them immensely. It's certainly been a hell of a story going 10 games without a win at the beginning of the year to being the team with the most points in the Western Conference since the start of May. And now this series coming up against St. Louis. We will get to that in a little bit. Sasha Kleshton is going to join us on the show in the next segment as we will talk about the whole playoff format. It's a little wonky. It's a little convoluted. But could play very well into the hands of Sporting Kansas City. Again, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Let's get back to the game itself, though, because, as you said, um, the team's been through a lot, and it seems like Peter Vermees, nobody leans into the, hey, you didn't believe in us, we're (laughs) going to show you maybe better on planet Earth than Peter Vermees. You know, he really leaned into that after the decision day win. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, on three separate occasions, addressed the doubters, the Mm -hmm. naysayers, rightfully so. If anyone's keeping receipts, we know it's Peter Vermees and Mm -hmm. some of these players as well. Didn't lean into that as much last night because now I think the focus purely shifts into we've got a job to do. The mission... And he, I chatted with him pregame ahead of uh, the match last night, and we talked about you know what the teams overcome and that battle-tested mentality. And he was talking about how you know once the team started turning things around in May, the mission was let's make the playoffs. Well, they they've achieved mission number one. Now mission number two is let's go win the, the dang thing, you know. And so it's it's a team that has been on this mission, and now this is just a continuation. They've also been in these must-win can't drop point situations now for the last month. So this is just something that sporting's been used to here over the last month or so. And when you look at this next round against St. Louis, best of three with the penalty shootout being what follows, you know, regular time if it ends in a draw again. And as we saw, Tim Melia doing what he does best. But sporting needed their guys to step up uh and, and finish their chances as well. And uh, I thought Peter Vermees had some really good comments last night talking about not just Tim Melia, but also the job of 
captain Johnny Russell and other players to get it done for Sporting Kansas City? I think Timmy is uh, he's he's the best I've ever been around, both player and coach, in regards to penalty kicks. He's 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 absolutely he's incredible. He just is. He's incredible. Uh, you know, I, I told him I can't believe he missed the easiest one, the one that kind of went under him. Uh, but no, it, it, tremendous. And and you know, he's been rock solid as since he's come back, um, and it's been very important. You got to have a good goalkeeper in the goal. Uh, you need it, and you need him to come up big at big moments and. He's done that in, in a lot of these situations. So uh, that was that was huge for us. And then, you know, it's I've been in those situations where you're number five, and I've been in all those positions where you're one, two, three, four, especially five. Um, it, it it seems a little easier because you have the chance to win it and all those things. But you know, there's a lot of things that are going through your head. I I, I commend our crowd though too. Our crowd was really good. Um, I mean, they were loud as could be, especially when they were shooting and, and making them know it. So that was that was really important as well. It was it was good, but but both guys, you know, listen. Johnny started it off great penalty kick, great composure. Again, you know, need your captain to do that. Um, so yeah, good good by the guys. So there is manager Peter Vermees talking about Tim Melia, Johnny Russell, the captain, who uh, stepped up and absolutely smashed it uh, and then got a little chirpy after the fact. I Man. love Johnny <laughs> Russell in October, by the way, has the most goals of any player in Sporting Kansas City history. It, it's like equivalent to, to when you see like a quarterback in football, right? Like they just turn it on mm-hmm. uh, in those like late you know, months of, of the season in December, they just have the best record of their career because that's when y- you need the goals. That's when you need the points. That's like when you the need the touchdown. That was at the game. Oh, you, you like a Patrick Mahomes <laughs> yeah. playing injured. You Which know? I also I don't know if this is true or not, but I want to say I, I don't know if Sporting had gotten a win with Patrick Mahomes in the building. So I was a little like happy mm. to see them get over that hurdle if yeah. that were the case because I want to say. I don't know if Patrick Mahomes is the best record in attendance at Children's Mercy Park. <laughs> don't quote me on that, but I just don't have any memories that come to mind in which they won with him there. Well, they uh, they got a win with him there last or on on Wednesday night, and uh, Patrick Mahomes was there. A, a handful of the other Chiefs players, I think, were in attendance as well. But Johnny Russell playing on a, a, a groin injury that uh, he and, and now and you're talking about quick turnaround games too. He had a couple chances in the game where I wondered, you know, is he going to be able to get that whip on the ball, get that bend on it? He came really close a couple different times to scoring in that game. He's got to do it now again on short rest, assuming he's able and fit to play in St. Louis this weekend. But uh, first he gets in Daniel's face and is pointing at him because Daniel was doing the same thing. And then, the you know, he's chirping at him and the ref tells him to go back and he just kind of turns around with that Scottish smile on his face <laughs> and winks at him. And I, that Whoa, was, I didn't oh, see yeah. that. The, the inside the stadium, I was, cause we were down at the opposite end. We were by the South stands. So we're looking that way. And I look up at the video board and the video camera on the video board just, and he looks back and just, he has that smile and he winks at the keeper. And I just thought, oh my gosh, that is the, that is I can't just so say the words in which Johnny I would Russell. love to use to describe that because that is just vintage Johnny Russell. And I love just his competitive spirit. And I, also when he talked with us before the game this week with the media, just 
how it, it would take so much for him not to play through any knock. And we've seen him now, even at points in the season where it didn't matter as much as it does right now, just playing through different knocks and, and discomforts to to help this team win. And, and seeing how many times sporting in the last five years since Johnny Russell joined the team ahead of 2018, that they've come up just short in the playoffs. And as a favorite, too, as a one seed, as a three seed with home field advantage, with the path laid out perfectly. It's not laid out perfectly at this point, but this is a group that has been in situations where it was and they didn't get the job done and now have overcome all of these these hurdles to get to this position. They know the road's not going to be easy ahead, but they also have been able to, to bond through some incredibly challenging times and and Peter Vermees after the game also talked about the resiliency of this group and how that does for them going into this next match against St. Louis. There's been an incredible commitment from the group even though you know we didn't get the points early on in the season um, and I you know that's probably the best word they stayed committed they gave an effort all the time um, and, and the one thing about this game today and I tried to you know try to really impress upon this and, and I did again at the very end of the game when we were going to penalties, and that is, you know, we, they, they put us in this position, and and they they should feel confident that they've been through a lot, and they should feel confident that they have what it takes to 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 get a win, um, in this fashion. They're they're mentally strong, they're physically strong because of what they've gone through this season, and uh, you know that that can that can help you immensely. Uh, when when you go into um, a game like this, and you know, again, uh, the game was up and down. It was back and forth. Uh, we probably had a good chance to win it there at the very end of the game, uh, but we we stayed again. We stayed focused and concentrated, and that, that's that's the big thing. Our mentality is really good at the moment. Well, that's what you want to hear the head coach say. Our mentality is really good at the moment, and it. It has been a mentality that has been tested. Johnny Russell has said um, when, when chatting with different media over the last couple of, of days that he doesn't think another team or, or many teams would be able to put their heads down and, and get into the playoffs after the way that they started the season. And the fact that Sporting didn't lose themselves, they didn't lose the season, a lot of commitment, which was the word that Peter Vermees used when talking about the resiliency. And, and I think that is the perfect way to describe what this team has – has done and that was with a lot of outside noise as well and now mm -hmm. perhaps no more noise than a team could imagine going into this matchup between St. Louis and SKC where you know there's gonna be a lot of chirping going on uh, from both sides so that is what is uh, going to be on the horizon for Sporting Kansas City as they get set to travel to St. Louis Sunday 9 p.m. kickoff at City Park going to be a, a must-watch game as it is game one of this best of three series. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will have more of the Sporting Kansas City show for you. Sasha Kleschen of uh, MLS 360 and MLS Season Pass will join us here to talk all about Sporting Kansas City and this 2023 playoffs. Welcome back to the Sporting Kansas City show. We are Excited now to be joined by Sasha Kleschen of Major League Soccer and the MLS 360 broadcast, doing an awesome job. Uh, but of course, a longtime player in Major League Soccer, a legend. And what better person to have now coming on to join us to talk about postseason play uh, as we get set for this big matchup between Sporting Kansas City and St. Louis City. But uh, got some really awesome matchups in the entire uh, round one in both conferences. So uh, got to dig into some of those as well. Sasha, how's it going? Thanks for taking the time to join us today. It's all good. 
playoff time. It's the best time of the year. Thank you guys for having me. Now, I know that at the beginning of the season, predictions are made, right? And, you know, players like to keep receipts. But look, none of us know what's going to happen, especially in this league. There's so much parity. Uh, but be honest, where did you think sporting was going to fall? And after that 10-game streak to start the season where they were winless, did you ever think that this would be in the cards for them? Not just getting past the, the play-in game, but now uh, going up against St. Louis in round one. I mean, this has been a mind-boggling season for Sporting <laughs> Kansas City. Uh, I, I don't remember exactly where I had them in the preseason, if it was one, two, or three in the West, but I had them as a top three team in the West. And uh, after 10 games, i got to be honest, I was one of the guys that was questioning whether Peter Vermeese deserved to continue to have his job. I know he had built up a lot of credit over the past decade, but it was looking bad. Let's be honest. Ten games, uh, three points, no wins. No one was scoring goals. It, it was not looking good in Kansas City. So I've got to really tip my cap to Peter Vermees because I think he always is willing to adapt. He's always willing to stay young and with his guys. And I, I, I just, uh, I almost feel bad for questioning Peter because in that moment he stood strong. He brought his team back. Uh, and then it sets up so great now for this playoff series with uh, St. Louis. And speaking of that uh, that best of three series, which starts on the road at City Park, I mean, these are two teams that have already played each other three times this season. Daniel Shallowy had a quote after the game on Wednesday. St. Louis got the better of us in the first best of three. You know, let's see who's got the second one. Um, two teams now that, that have gotten familiar with one another. The rivalry off the field has uh, been red hot between the fans. Sporting, though, have not done well at City Park. For you, what do they need to change to try and frustrate a St. Louis team that has defied all the odds this season in their first year as an expansion club, but have also made it really difficult for teams at City Park. You know, it's interesting because St. Louis really dominated both games at City Park, and I wonder if Peter Vermees can change a little, just make a little bit of a change and almost let, let St. Louis have the ball a little bit more uh, in the first game in St. Louis and maybe try to play Make, make St. Louis make the game, right? That's not their game. They're better playing against the ball, pressing the ball, winning the ball high, going straight to goal. And when you have a team like that who's not used to having more possession, sometimes they are the ones who, who cough up the ball and leave open spaces for, for Sporting to, to counterattack into, which is not Sporting KC's MO. Peter Vermees wants to play in the expansive 4-3-3, make the field wide and all that. But I wonder if he needs to throw a little bit of a wrinkle into these playoff matchups. Yeah, a little pragmatism over principle would, would, would make a lot of sense, I think, in this game, especially considering the way those first two games went. And, Sasha, I, I'm curious to get your perspective as a guy who's been through these types of situations physically yourself. We're here marveling at the performance of Johnny Russell, playing with a groin injury on decision day, having the best game that he's had maybe of the year, uh, and, and then having to turn around four days later on short rest and do it in a playoff game. And now he's got to do it on short rest a third straight time, um, as does the whole team, you know, after playing a, a hard-fought game against San Jose. Does that stuff, I mean, I, I guess the counter could be, hey, it's the playoffs now and, and everybody's going to be digging deep and giving it their all and adrenaline can get you through it. Or do you think that that does have a real effect 
on this game, especially against a team that does play with such intensity like St. Louis? You know, I'm 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 very fifty fifty on that because I am I've always been very hard on the players that say, Oh, we play too many games or the schedule is too crowded. Like I hate that. It's just excuses. I, I, I as a player wanted to be playing every three days for the entire season. Because it's better than training, it's better to be out there in front of your fans, you feed off the adrenaline. Now mentally is where it starts to take a, a bit of a taxing turn. Because, yes, physically we are going to get tired, but mentally you have to push through. And you have to keep pushing on and pushing on, especially in the playoffs where everybody's been playing over the course of an entire season. And now this is the spot you put yourself in, Kansas City, that you have to play on short rest. So it is what it is. I don't want to hear anything about excuses about, oh, we had to play on short rest or we've got no. There's no excuses in the playoffs. Let's get the job done. And, you know, beyond just the, the physical wear and tear and, and the mental side, that's that's an important part to bring up that you just highlighted as well. Momentum plays a huge part, right? It, it's easy to push through when things just feel fun and free-flowing and, and you're you're getting that that reward of winning big games and for sporting, for example, you know, making the postseason when it didn't seem all that possible. St. Louis, on the other hand, they locked this thing up first of any team in the West. They've comfortably been sitting at the top. But in their last two games before the season uh, has come to an end, a 3-0 loss against Vancouver on October 4th and a 2-0 loss against the Seattle Sounders on decision day. So 5-0 uh, combined scoreline between those two games. And now their first match coming out of those two losses will be uh, against Sporting in this first game. The last game that they did win was against Sporting on their home field. How much does momentum play in play into this thing and do you really do you think that that really gives sporting an advantage or does the postseason just kind of change that whole thing and flip it on its head a momentum plays a huge part you spelled it out perfectly st louis is coming in uh coming off a couple of bad performances and and kansas city is coming in riding a high uh so i think that even the even the scales a bit where as if these teams have been going into the playoffs two months ago, you'd be saying, yeah, St. Louis is the number one team in the West and, and Kansas city has been fighting their way back. But nowadays it's a, it's a different story. And that has even the scales for me. Uh, I still think I would give the slight edge to St. Louis just barely though. Um, but I do think about penalties and I think about penalty shootouts and Tim Malia, 7-0 and now in penalty shootouts. So Crazy. I think especially, especially in this first game, if Kansas City can keep the game tight, keep it 0-0 as long as possible, and with this straight-to-penalty shootout, you got to say that Kansas City has the edge. You know, Sasha, when you when you bring up Tim Mealy and penalties, we obviously spent a lot of our first segment of this show just talking about the same thing. Even here in Kansas City, we continue to marvel at the incredible job that, that he does. And I want to get the player's perspective because he won't give us anything. Whenever, you know, he's one of those guys that last, you know, after the game, uh, he's he's saying, well, you should be talking to the guys that actually converted their penalties. I didn't have anything to do all game. You should be talking to my back line. He gives all the credit to his uh, his goalkeeper coach, Alec Dufty, for getting him prepared. But th- but there there is a knack that he seems to have for, quote-unquote, guessing the right way more often than yeah. anybody I've seen. and And I'm like – is that is it his ability to read tells from guys? Is it an instinct? Do you have any theories on how he's able to guess correctly so often? No, nah, he's definitely, I think, doing his homework, and it's not luck, let's be honest. Uh, over the course of a career, 
doing so well on penalty kicks, it's not luck. So him and Nick Ramondo are the two players that, that I can remember that have been very good on penalty kicks and that everybody knows it. So that throws a fear mm. into the penalty takers as well. And the penalty, like I would know going in, and I would, I was the penalty taker for the last, you know, six, seven years of my career, and I studied the goalies who I was going to be shooting against that day, and I would make up my mind as to where I was going to shoot and not try to change my mind so that I was focused on myself and not thinking about, oh, man, I'm going against a good goalkeeper, or I've missed one against this goalkeeper before. So he's done his homework, and I think when he's retired, like Nick Ramondo, after he retired, he kind of let out his secrets. I'd be interested to hear from Tim Mulia after he retires if he can share his secrets. Oh man, I'm I'm dying for that I'm opportunity. That book. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I'm curious as a penalty taker, what did you think of Alan Polito's penalty try last night? Uh, not great. I, okay, so he, he tried to shoot down the middle, which I'm fine with. I think shooting down the middle is a, a very good tactic. You just have to lift the ball, and the ball has to be at around goalkeeper's head height. That was what I always thought when I shot down the middle. One of the penalties I shot down the middle and missed also was because I shot it too low, and the goalkeeper was able to make the foot save as well. Yeah, that's uh, that's one that Polito is certainly going to to want back. But the rest of the guys got the job done in a convincing manner. Uh, Sasha, I want to go over to the other side of the playoff bracket in the Eastern Conference. Two uh, of the teams that you've played on, New York Red Bulls and uh, Orlando City, uh, have punched their ticket and are through New York Red Bull getting a huge 5-2 win over Charlotte in that play-in game. No questions there. Uh, they now face the one seed in Cincy. Just what do you make of the East? What matchups intrigue you? And uh, do you think we're going to see a one seed out in the first round? No, I don't think we'll see a one seed out in the first round. I think Cincinnati will take care of business. Uh, I think Columbus takes care of business against Atlanta. I think Philadelphia takes care of business against New England. Having said that, I, I like all these matchups in the East, and I don't think it's going to be very one-sided in any of them. But the matchup that I like the most is Orlando against Nashville. Mm. Uh, it, could be very, it could be very low scoring. Uh, it's two very organized defensive teams that are hard to play against, and I actually think Nashville is going to prevail. Uh, and I know that's, that's probably a bit backwards based on momentum because Orlando is probably the hottest team in the league coming into the playoffs, and Nashville is probably one of the least hot teams. But I really liked what I saw from Nashville in League's Cup in tournament format where they can defend really well. They have a difference maker in attack in Hani Mukhtar, who's one of the best in the league at getting the ball out on the run and going at the back line. And I think that they're a veteran team that, that just knows how to get the job done, especially if it goes to penalties as well. I give the edge to Nashville because they showed that in League's Cup. Uh, I'm very intrigued by that matchup, although it could be very low scoring. So... Sasha, I have uh, Tony Mule and I are going to be on the call of the first Cincinnati versus uh, Red Bull New York game this coming weekend. And so I've been kind of studying up on Cincinnati this week, watching the game last night against, you know, the, the Red Bull game against Charlotte to see who they, their opponent was going to be. And, and a couple things stood out to me. Number one, this Cincinnati side, I mean, they've been so good all year long. 15 2 and 2 at home. I, I think that's right off the top of my head. But those two losses came late in the season at home, and one of them was to the Red Bulls in early October. And over their last five home games, Cincinnati's got one win, two losses, and a draw. Now, I know that some of it, they, they had the supporter shield locked up, so I don't know how focused or locked in they were down the stretch for those games. 
Does any of that matter to you? Like these things I just threw at you, they're 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 run of form at home down the stretch, or the fact that Red Bulls got them just not long ago. Does does that play into this game at all in your mind? It plays in a little bit, but not enough for me to to worry about Cincinnati. It will give Red Bulls a sense of confidence that they're riding high and that, you know, just recently they went to Cincinnati and got a win. That will give them confidence for sure. I worry about Red Bulls. Look, J. My Tolkien has been their best player all season. He was the best player on the field last night as well, you know, regardless of the, the hat trick from Elias Manuel. But he attacks so often up that left side, and his starting position is so high that I really worry about when the ball turns over and Lucho Acosta has a little bit of space to exploit uh, that, that on the counterattack Cincinnati could, could crush Red Bulls. Yeah, That's that, the way I see the game going, but it, let's be honest, we saw something from Red Bulls last night that we haven't really seen on <laughs> they, they, looked, they looked really, really good. Yeah, it's going to be a, a really, I'm so excited uh, for this first round and the best of three. There's been a lot of talk ahead of this, this postseason, uh, and this is my last question for you, Sasha, just the playoff format. It's changed. Uh, we've seen a lot of different iterations of the, the playoff format in especially the last five years. What do you make of, of the latest iteration of the playoff format? And uh, as we get ready for the round one best of three, there's no aggregate straight to penalties. As a former player, what, would you have liked playing in this format? Yeah, I would have, I would have liked to try this format because uh, on those Red Bull teams, we all, back then it was the, the aggregate, two legs. And, and I, we never could really figure out if it was more advantageous to play at home first Mm. or play on the road first. And so being able to play two games at Red Bull Arena, you know, over the course of three games, that would have given us an advantage because we were so good at home. So I think I think every team going into this will think, yeah, in a best of three series, two of them at home, there's no way we're losing twice at home. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, I would have liked to play in this. I'm very excited for it. It throws a new wrinkle into our playoffs. It gives us those extra games to watch, which I think will be really fun for all of us. I'm very excited for it. And uh, you'll be on the coverage with MLS 360. What what are your all's plans for uh, for these games and, and for round one so people know how to tune in and watch? I, I believe there are, uh, in these early rounds, there will just be maybe a 15 to 30 minute pregame show that will lead into all of the these early round playoff games. I personally have uh, a couple of weeks off uh, uh, to, to spend some time with my family. Nice. But I'll be back in the studio to preview the conference semis, conference finals, and then we'll be on site for MLS Cup. Awesome. Uh, all, all really exciting. Can't wait to see, you know, who knocks out who and where this thing goes. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, and surely chaos will ensue, as we see oftentimes in Major League Soccer. Uh, but Sasha Kleshin, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Uh, enjoy that time with your family, and we look forward to watching you uh, as this thing comes down to the wire in MLS Cup. Sporting KC fans will hope uh, they're there for that one. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. We will take a quick break here on the Sporting Kansas City Show. When we come back, we'll wrap things up and get set for this big matchup, round one, game one against St. Louis City. That's on the other side of this break. Stay with us. 
Welcome back to the Sporting Kansas City Show. Wrapping things up here as we get you set for a big matchup this Sunday night. Sporting Kansas City traveling to St. Louis for game one of the round one best of three series against St. Louis City. 9 p.m. kickoff. And uh, man, it just the story could not have been written any better, Nate. This is a, a chance for Sporting to potentially face St. Louis six times in one season, which feels pretty insane. Daniel Shallowy had my favorite quote Wednesday night after the game saying, St. Louis won the first best of three series. Let's see who wins the second one. That's a great way, I think, to look at you know, mm-hmm. how things fared the first go-around against St. Louis. And now Sporting Kansas City, they've been in that environment. They've been to City Park. It's, it's a tough place to play. There's no way around it. But Sporting losing uh, by a combined score of 8-1 to one across those two games at St. Louis, they're going to want to get on the winning side uh, of this rivalry. And what a better time to do it than in the postseason. And so just uh, to kind of give you all, since there have been some changes to the MLS playoff format, here is what you need to know about these round one matchups. Uh, Every round one game will have a winner, so there will be no ties, no aggregate score. At the end of regulation, it'll, similar to the wild card play-in game, will go straight to a penalty shootout. So if both teams are tied at the end of it, we're going to PKs again. And the way in which the best of three home and away will work, the higher seed, which in this case is St. Louis, who finished as the one seed in the West, they will get two home games if it goes to a game three, which I think is an important thing to note. First game St. Louis will host, if Sporting go out and get a result there, they would come back home for the second of the best of three and have a chance to to punch their ticket through to the semifinals if they were able uh, to pull off two back-to-back wins against St. Louis. So that is, uh, there's no math involved here. You don't need to keep track of aggregate score, who's got more away goals, home goals, all of that. There will be a winner after each game. You just got to win two of the three to, to find your way through to the next round. So that is kind of what's on the line for Sporting Kansas City. And Nate, we've talked about where the Sporting Kansas City team was at the beginning of the season to where they are now. They've been playing in these high-stakes games for a few weeks now. They not only found their way into the postseason on decision day with a win and some help from some other teams, they found found themselves in the 8th seed. They got to host. They beat San Jose. And this team just seems to be clicking. We saw the offensive part come together over the summer when the goals started kind of finding the back of the net. But now we're starting to see the defense turn a corner as well, which could be a really good sign going up against the St. Louis team that has been banging in goals left and right, and especially against Sporting Kansas City with the nine goals across three games that they've scored against SKC. I'm going to be very interested to see how Sporting come out in this game uh, because typically Sporting are a team that don't mind playing Mm -hmm. the game, and they want to play the game. They want to connect passes. They want to pull the other team apart, disorganize them. They're not afraid of pressure because, hey, if you want to bring your players up the field and pressure us, we'll pass right through it. And now we have a chance to you know, to score goals on you when you're not organized. And they had chances to score goals against St. Louis the last time mm-hmm. the two teams played. I had the chance to call the first game in St. Louis uh, for Fox with Tony Miola. And that one, I thought, it got away from them very early in the game. Um, and and Sporting also were on short rest in that game, they similar were. to how they will be now. Less travel yep. involved here, yep. but 
still an important thing to know. So do they try to play with their principal sporting Kansas City, or do they get a little more pragmatic and say, we're not going to mess around with the ball too much in the back because what St. Louis, we know they're going to do, they're going to look to overwhelm you, especially mm-hmm. in their home field. The way sporting Kansas City played in the early days of the Peter Vermees era, where they swarmed you with pressure, they weren't looking to connect 20 passes for a goal. They were looking to take the ball away from you, make the next pass be a progressive pass. That's what Bradley Carnell has told me when I've talked to him. He talks about it often. When we take the ball away from the other team, we want the first pass to be a progressive pass before the other team can organize, and we want to be in an attacking position right away. And they've done that so well, too. It has gotten them to an incredible spot here this season. And so to me, part of the key there is then force them to connect a whole bunch of passes to beat you. Don't turn the ball over in your area. Sometimes that forces you to play some uglier soccer than you want to play if you're sporting, and it forces you to lump the ball up the field and then be back on the defensive. Um, Be a little more compact in the game. I just wonder if sporting might not try to make themselves tougher to beat. Because remember in this format, all you got to do, if you do what, what San Jose just did, and you play for the draw, and you get... Now, look, I don't know that a Peter Vermees team can ever just fully play for a draw. But what I'm saying is, all you got to do is draw for 90 minutes. There's no extra time, and then you got Tim Melia in penalties. Um, and, and so, and, and Peter Vermees did say even before the play-in game, or the, uh, the, the decision day game, they, that was basically a playoff game, right? Yeah. And then this game, he said, style points don't matter. This is all about winning at this point. I just wonder, and I don't know, I wonder how sporting will approach the game. Well, and something that we talked about on the final whistle after the match on Wednesday was if there's a a game to try something maybe a little different, it's this one. It's the first Mm -hmm. game because... And especially if you're going to, going to go out and and put a huge emphasis on on defense, and it's been shown the way to frustrate St. Louis is to do what you said, make them play with the ball. That's not what they want to do. They're not a team that's trying to possess and, and knock the ball around you. They're trying to to overwhelm you to to get to out you know physic like be the more physical team and mm-hmm. i think sporting's midfield has struggled against st louis in those areas at times especially on the road this season but the thing that we also have to remember going in now is that sporting have two games at city park in which they are able to look back on the film and, and try and find creative ways around this but I, i'd say the other part and this is less to do with the tactics and more just to do with the mentality St. Louis has been playing with really no pressure on their shoulders all season long. Every time that they achieved a new expansion team record, it was them impressing themselves and the world just saying, well, show us what you can do next. Well, now all the pressure is on their shoulders. They're the one seed. They have the home field advantage. They finished comfortably atop the Western Conference. This is the first time that they're actually playing with pressure. Sporting Kansas City, they're the eight seed. Nobody thought they'd even be in the playoffs. They win the play-in game. And a lot of people that I've seen aren't picking them to beat St. Louis. So they're not carrying that pressure. I'm interested to see how the St. Louis side does with that pressure on their shoulders for the first time. Another important thing to note as we talk about penalties, pulled this from uh, FB Ref, Roman Berkey has faced 24 penalties in his professional career. Guess how many of those he has saved? Five. Zero. Okay. Including seven that he's faced with St. Louis this year. So that's not to say that Roman Berkey couldn't stand on his head if it gets to a penalty shootout. He's a great goalkeeper, one of the best in Major League Soccer. Um, but that, I think, is a very interesting statistic and one that 
could we see St. Louis if they maybe don't feel as as confident um, going into to a, a penalty shootout, trying to maybe do too much to win it in regular time? It's um, it's going to be certainly interesting to see. I don't want because you know sell... St. Louis aren't going to want it to go to penalties on their home field. No, no, um, that that's that's absolutely true. Uh, the way they played sport, they would point out, hey, the way we played sport the first couple times, we don't need to worry about it. They are a very good team. They it, what what St. Louis has done this year has been incredibly impressive, setting the points record for an expansion side. After that incredible start to the season, they went through a little bit of a, you know, they, they suffered a couple of bad results. And a lot of us, I think, wondered, okay, now they're kind of come back down to earth. They were able to still mm-hmm. go win the West. And similar in that to process. sporting, they've done it oftentimes without some of their best players as Klaus well. Joao Klaus out, yeah. missed time. Uh, Edward Leuven missed time as well. Mm-hmm. They've had a lot of production from guys that, let's be honest, on other teams in Major League Soccer in their career, you know, were discarded, not valued as much. And this group has collectively come together and has been very bought into Brad- Bradley Carnell's style. I think to to the the excitement of what St. Louis has been doing that has fed this team and has shown in, in how they've gone out and won games. But now we got the playoff pressure, different beast. Bradley Carnell got my vote for MLS coach of the year. And I really struggled with that between he and Pat Noonan when what Cincinnati has accomplished this year. But I just thought, you know, when I watched that St. Louis team, every time I had their games, their success is so much down to them, how organized and bought into mm-hmm. the system they are. They are committed to their system. They execute it the way the coach wants them to. As you said, they lose their designated player, Klaus, for the, a huge portion of the season, yet they still kept putting up results. And uh, that's why I got my vote. I, yeah. I don't know. I, no, I think I, it's I think, the way, but he's done an incredible job this year. I think Roman Berkey, goalkeeper of the year uh, yep. in my book as well. So yep. I, a lot of the, the pieces that have been key for the St. Louis team, uh, very deserving of those accolades for what they've done this season. But the playoffs, anything here, can happen. Baby. They're here. We've yep. seen an eight seed uh, go all the way before Portland Timbers back in 2015. believe they were the eight seed there. So being the higher seed doesn't always mean that you're going to be lifting the cup at the end of this thing. Sporting Kansas City will see if they can upset St. Louis. Game one, Sunday night, 9 p.m. And uh, that's going to be a must-watch and must-tune-in game. We'll have the coverage for you here on Sports Radio 810. And as always, you can watch on MLS Season Pass and on Fox as well. That's going to do it for us on this week's edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show. Tune in this weekend and let's go SKC.